0: Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Victoria Guido, and with me today is Dustin Butcher, CEO and co-founder of Made Tech, powering the future of performance apparel with custom and made-to-measure automation. Dustin, thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. So why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit more and tell me about your background?
1: Yeah, of course. So as you mentioned, I'm the one of the co-founders of MADE. We have built technology that enables the automation of custom and made-to-measure performance apparel. So similar to how you could like, you know, go online and design a custom suit or something like that and get it made to fit your body. We do that for performance apparel so that the product that really matters if it fits you properly and that sort of thing. And, you know, so that might be outdoor apparel, motocross, yoga, whatever sport it is that you're into uh, that you need your apparel to move with you. That's what we fuel. And so we're working with a bunch of different brands in that space to do that. My background I came from the outdoor industry, always been in the outdoor industry since I was able to hold a job, originally just at ski resorts and stuff as a lifty and as a waiter and all those types of classic, you know, teenage jobs. And then I worked in-house at a bunch of outdoor companies, Volay, a little backcountry ski company here in Salt Lake, and then Black Diamond and Gregory Pax and Petzl and kind of worked around the industry a bit. And then for the last 12 years, I ran a, uh, a creative agency specifically in the outdoor industry, working with a lot of those same brands and other brands in kind of communicating their value to the outdoor customer. And so and then we kind of rolled into made had this idea connected with my co-founders and and really built it from there.
0: I love hearing about people building careers in the outdoor industry. Something really close to me personally. I also got my first few jobs from rock climbing and uh, having competed as a young adult, and then walking up to businesses and saying, "Hey, you have a climbing wall. Like you should hire me, and I'll run your climbing wall." And they're like, "Okay." So it just like brings you so much confidence and such a great community to be a part of. so you're talking about creating clothes that move with you. Can you tell me a time when you were doing something, some kind of performance sport activity and you were like, wow, whatever I'm wearing does not fit me. This is really affecting my performance and my ability to do this sport.
1: Yeah, I probably have too many of these stories. And what's interesting about that is I'm a pretty traditionally medium guy. I'm 5'11", I'm 170 pounds, like I, I should generally fit into mediums, but I'm just in that weird spot where I always kind of feel like, am I medium or large in this? My torso is a bit long. So my primary sport is ski touring, like backcountry skiing. That's what I love to do. That's that's where I spend my time and my focus and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I've had lots of experiences where I might be climbing up a cool wire and my jacket comes up a bit on my lower back and exposes my lower back and it's cold. And so then I got into defaulting where I wear like one piece base layers so I can never expose my skin directly. But it's like the ultimate solution really was to have properly fitting stuff that the original concept for made came from I was out on a ski tour with some friends And I was wearing a pair of pants, some softshell pants that I loved the fit of, but the feature set wasn't there. Um, And they were like alpine climbing pants. They're not even designed for ski touring. They didn't fit over my ski boot. They looked a little bit silly, but I loved the fit like in the leg and they didn't have like, you know, a beacon pocket and those types of things that I would want. But I do have these other pair of ski touring softshell pants that I wear most of the time that fit terribly, but have all the features that I want. And it was like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could like determine exactly what I need as a skier. And then, you know, would have the confidence that it was going to fit me perfectly, that sort of thing. And that's really where it kind of started It was very selfish, like, how can I get the thing that I want? You know, I connected with my co founders, both of whom came from ArcTeryx to start this with me. And we really got to thinking and it's like, wow, with this type of system, we can make a really big impact as far as like, we can be 100% size inclusive. There's not body shapes or sizes we can't meet with this type of system. And so then it really opened a lot of doors as far as like what we can do and how we can connect this. And that's when we all kind of came together on this idea and said like, this matters and we're the ones to build it.
0: I love that that you're trying to fit something that works for you and you realize having that ability could make it inclusive for everyone. And I wonder if you could share more about what you know about sizing in the clothing industry and how that's developed over time and how it may be really limiting who has access to the products that you're selling and the activity that those products allow you to do.
1: It might sound like a crappy little uh, history lesson, but you know, the further back we go before the industrial revolution, clothing was made to fit the individual. You know, you'd go to a tailor and you'd tell them what you need the product to do for you and they'd measure you and make the product. And then we we got into this mass manufactured thing, which is great as far as like efficiencies and economies of scale and all that kind of stuff. And so we can get stuff cheaper and still like high level product, but we got into the standardized system. And then companies deal with this challenge of like, okay, what is our small? What is our medium? What is our large? And finding those things and trying to meet the needs of the bell curve, but also knowing that for every individual person... They're not meeting that person's fit needs, right? They're trying to fit as many people within the primary sizes as they can. And that's part of the challenge. One of the things that we've run into in performance product, especially, is that like there are massive swaths of people that simply cannot get good performance product in their size. 68% of North American women are over a size 14. And it's really hard to find good ski outerwear for, as an example, for a plus size individual like that. And that's not even that plus size. That's an average, like that's 68%. Like we're not talking about like, oh, these are the ends of the bell curve. These are people who want to get out and do things and they've been unable to do it because of clothing. What a silly reason to not be able to do the sport that you're excited about or even to go spend time with your friends and family or whatever it might be, like your motivation, but like, what a bummer of a reason to not be able to do it. So those are the things that, we've, that we're trying to solve through our system is saying like, hey, we can work with these existing brands and they can now offer stuff that is fully inclusive, meets all of their quality expectations, all of this, and still comes in with a very reasonably priced product. You know, it's not what you think custom would be where it's like, oh, it's going to be five times the cost of the ready to wear product. No, we can come in at the same price or very similar with these brands and allow them to make options that meet the needs of all different shapes and sizes.
0: Well, I can really relate to that because some of the clothes that I would wear for climbing or even yoga are coming in at a very high price point already And I recently tried on a set of clothing from a retailer who's normally like known for yoga and outdoors equipment. And I was just surprised at how it seemed that they wanted the person who fit these clothes to be very narrow all the way through. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I'm struggling to fit in these clothes. And like you said, like, I feel like I'm pretty average. And that was frustrating. And especially like getting clothes like that, it can really deter people from participating in the sport and participating in outdoor activities altogether. So I think it's really cool that you are going down that journey. Let me ask you, how did you get the original idea for made tech specifically?
1: So first we had to determine, is it possible? Can you make a system that would automate the creation of a custom pattern, all of that kind of stuff in really technical product, right? We know it can be done in suits and jeans and that sort of category that's more of a a simple cut and sew. Whereas when you get into technical product where you're dealing with waterproof fabrics and seam sealing, you know, in a ski jacket, there's like 200 pieces of that product versus Two pieces that get like pushed together and sewn between right like it's really really complicated stuff so we started with that kind of hypothesis is yes we can figure this out and we did that under a d2c brand made outdoor it's madeoutdoor.com it's now been live for almost two winters and we've made a bunch of product and a bunch of people happy and you know we had some really early success with really tall thin dudes You know, like that six, six, you know, I'm sub 200 pounds or something. I'm really thin. And that person has been kind of forced into wearing a triple XL jacket for so long. So they're pretty psyched, right? And so like, we've, we've had some like of those early wins and that was really kind of like, okay, we tested it. We've proven this system works. And so it's really just been in the last six months that we've said like, okay, now where do we make the biggest impact? How do we make that change in the industry and in these opportunities to participate in these sports? And that's not through our own brand. That is one piece of it, sure, but the larger opportunity is for us to work with existing brands that have that consumer trust already that, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm, I've worn this brand for however many years and I I have that trust and I I love the brand and now I can get something that fits me perfectly, Or it's that person that's like, oh, I've always worn this brand because it fits me, but I really would love to wear this other brand, but I know it doesn't fit me properly. And so it opens doors for people to kind of like say like, okay, what's the brand? What are the materials? What's the brand ethos that really connects with me? And be able to go there and not have fit be the reason that I can go with one or the other.
0: That's really interesting. So you started with the originally direct-to-consumer custom ski and snowboard wear and found your initial success and then identified a pivot point where you could expand and do direct business to business and make other brands more inclusive as well.
1: Yeah, that's the big idea, right? And it's it doesn't need to be my name or our brand name on the on the thing. Like what we've built, like there's just an opportunity for an impact here that's bigger than just us.
0: I love that. And it makes me want to ask you. What other core values drive your everyday decisions as you go about your process here?
1: Yeah. The three kind of pillars we think about anytime we are working on something and really that kind of drive our whole system it made is inclusivity, sustainability, and personalization. I should come up with a better way to say that, but it's those three, right? So on the personal side, we want you to have the thing that you need your setup for some climbing clothing is going to be different than mine. You're going to want to set things up differently. And maybe you are a boulderer and I am a big wall climber. Yeah, we have different needs for what we have, right? And so we want you to be able to kind of define that rather than just being a designer in some boardroom somewhere. So that's the personalization side. The second is the sustainability side. 30%, and this sounds outrageous, but 30% of apparel is never sold to an end consumer. And it eventually gets destroyed or sent to the landfill, which obviously has a massive sustainability impact, right? Not only for that product to, how do you dispose of that kind of thing, but also just like we made it and it took time and it took money and it took human hours and all that kind of stuff. So that's a huge opportunity for us because everything that is made through the MADE system, it already has a home. Like we never make a thing if any of our brands are using our system they only make things that already have a home so that's a huge win we immediately take off that 30% of of overproduction right and then the inclusivity stuff we've talked about already but it's like we just want people to be able to do the things that makes them happy and it's a bummer when when you can't do those things whether it's climbing or yoga or or whatever right like you know there are some big brands that have had a hard time with size inclusivity which is Totally understandable. It's really hard to make product that fits everybody. And so, you know, we create these standardized systems and then we knowingly leave people off. But we know that because it's like, well, not that many people in this size have bought from us and we have to hit our MOQs and we have to do X and Y and that sort of thing. But with this type of system, they can hit everybody and they're not taking that those like big risks as far as like oh yeah we have to set, place this big order and then all this product is going to hit sit in a warehouse for three years before it'll finally sell through.
0: It reminds me of a classic story you hear in software design about how they tried to make the first Air Force pilot chair. I don't know if you've heard this one, where they like took all the measurements of all the pilots and then they like averaged out all the like heights and widths and everything, so they made this chair that fit no one. Yeah. <laughs> because no one is perfectly average. Like, you know, everyone has variations in their size and their, their measurements. And so I think that's really cool. It's, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about the conservation impact or the impact on the environment it takes just to have to have so much error in your sizing, which is naturally part of what's going to happen when you try to make an average size.
1: I've not been on the product design side of apparel. I don't envy them. Like their job is hard to find that fit story that okay this is what the average consumer looks like but what does our consumer look like and then what is it, how do we find something that meets them and and what is our medium and then do we have to make a different medium for different markets in the world and there's so much like level of detail in there. That's one of the beauties of us working with other brands now is that like their level of knowledge in that stuff is huge. And so pulling from that and being able to say like, for your product, how should this jacket fit somebody? How do you want it to move? So then when our system pulls in the 3D measurements of that individual, it can say like, okay, this jacket needs to sit this far off of the shoulder. It needs to have this much room around the bicep. Like those types of things are all part of how it works and gives those opportunities for like an individualized fit that is determined by how the brand wants it to perform giant robots smashing into other giant robots are your engineers spending too much time on devops and maintenance issues when you need them on new features we know maintaining your own servers can be costly and that it's easy for spending creep to sneak in when your team isn't looking by delegating server management maintenance, and security to ThoughtBot and our network of service partners, you can get 24 by 7 support from our team of experts, all for less than the cost of one in-house engineer. Save time and money with our DevOps and maintenance service. Find out more at tbot.io slash DevOps.
0: How did you go about, like, what was your first step when you said, oh, I need a system to do? this type of automation and to be able to do this kind of customization. How did you approach solving that problem?
1: Well, we started to figure it out and we realized that the system didn't exist. <laughs> so that's really what it was. It was out of necessity more than anything, right? So we wanted to build our custom and made-to-measure brand and none of the systems existed to do it. So we worked, got to work on building those systems. You know, that was over the last year is like, okay, we built all these systems. Do we just use them for ourselves Or can we have that bigger impact if we work with other brands?
0: So did you have the skills to build the technology already in-house or did you have to develop that within your company?
1: Oh man. So my co-founders are amazing. I started this with two co-founders, Cheryl Labar and Capri Phillip both came from Arc'teryx to start this with me. Arc'teryx, if people don't know, is one of the big outerwear brands in the outdoor space a beautiful beautiful product they understand fit and form and function and they make an amazing product you know and I have connections over there and so I made a few phone calls and really like found the right people right so we we got to work on it none of us are coders right we kind of scrambled through our mvp we figured out how we could do it with If you look at our MVP backend, it's messy, right? Like every startup's MVP is, right? And it's like, okay, this system is connecting to this system over here and it's talking to this and it's sending this data from here and that sort of thing. And it's like, but we figured it out. And that was the key, you know, so the automation of this stuff really came from the pattern design side, which was Capri's specialty. And then the automation of the like tech pack and the All of the factory details that they need to produce the garment came from Cheryl's side, from the product development side. And mine was more on the brand and kind of communication of of the value and that sort of thing. We were scrappy and we figured out how to build something that worked. And then the next step was to bring on a proper CTO and then really build the like scalable system that's like, okay, now it can plug into existing systems and, oh, you have these expectations of your enterprise level software. Yes, this is how it works, that sort of thing. So it's got it's been tiered in that way, and that honestly is part of the fun. Like part of the fun is finding these new problems to solve, and then coming up with creative ways to solve them.
0: That's really cool. So you all were able to build your MVP together within your existing co founding team. I'm curious about like what platforms you chose to do that in. Like what did you pick up, group, group, like a programming language or uh, some sort of like click ops or some kind of like other tool that you could use like low code tool to develop it at first.
1: I mean, it's very low code. It's Google Docs, Google Sheets that speak to each other and like can share data between them kind of thing within our secure backend, obviously. We have a really great relationship with our measurement partner. We didn't build the measurement technology. That's a whole different business model and that sort of thing. So we work with this great group called 3D Look that does our measurements and it just uses a customer's phone to take a front and a side photo. And then we get a full 3D model that goes into our thing. It's super cool. We tried to pull some things off the shelf that existed that we could use without having to build it ourselves. With my agency business, like I have a developer that I work with a lot. And so, like, we called on them to help us build a few pieces. But for the most part, it really was just like getting scrappy and creative together. And like, we built the Made Outdoor platform on Shopify. It's like all the systems that are just kind of like, yeah, we know how these systems work. Let's use those to start. And then, if it works, then we build it into a bigger framework. I'm
0: glad you mentioned others take a picture because I was going to say whenever I even have to do like a sizing guide chart on a website to buy clothes and you have to like measure your waist, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm too lazy. I don't want to check that right now. So taking a picture would be so much easier.
1: People are so bad at that. <laughs> like When we first got started and we were asking people to send in their measurements and here's a video on how to do it. Even the same person like with three different people measuring them, you'd get wildly different information. And so we we definitely knew early on, okay, we need to eliminate the human error aspect and get this as digital as possible. So that's where we found the right partner. And it really is. It's like a two-minute thing. You stand in front of your phone. It takes photos. The photos aren't even saved anywhere. Like their AI like looks at the photos and then gives us the model. We're not sitting on a bunch of pictures of people in their base layers and underwear or anything like that. It's like all of this is just kind of like we have your 3D model and now we can build the product and we can even do digital test fits on that person, your actual body before it even gets made and stuff. So we have systems for redundancy and everything that we can test everything. Uh, And that's just the beauty of like the modern technology that exists, right? Like we didn't build that either, but we are using the heck out of it to make sure that we can make the best product for people.
0: That's really cool. I love that. So you've maybe answered this question already a little bit, but was there anything else in your product discovery process? And especially as you shifted into marketing directly to businesses, anything that was in your discovery process that surprised you and had you pivot in your strategy?
1: You know, you start with your own experience right? So we are sitting in our meetings and it's like, oh man, here's all the products we want to make. And we're like, we've got this list of 40 things that we want. Oh, I need soft shell pants. And we started in a uh, hard shell for our own brand, right? So then it's like, I live in the Wasatch. I don't wear hard shell like while I'm ski touring at least. Like, I need soft shell. And then it's like, okay, well, let's start working on soft shell stuff. Then it's like, okay, we also need mid layers and we need base layers. And then we need mountain bike and we need trail run and we need climbing and we need hiking. And, and it's like, oh man, you know, it'd be easier if we just worked with like one of the, or all of the big brands in this space. And there's some really great examples of like smaller companies that have created really compelling systems to work with these brands, like the same group that does the secondary market stuff. So the worn wear program for Patagonia and the re-gear thing for Arcteryx. And they built that same structure for like two dozen different brands. And it's like, man, that is the model for us. That's where we can really connect is they've created so much value in the secondary market. And we've created a bunch of value in this custom and made to measure market that's what we want to do. And we want motocross, like the made brand isn't going to make motocross stuff. The made brand isn't going to make fly fishing necessarily. Right. But we want these, these markets and these people to be able to have that solution. And we also like, we're early in the space. Like we want them to use us rather than like take the time and money and everything to build it themselves. Like come to us. Like that's our whole idea. We, we want to have that bigger, larger impact. So I guess it's us just trying to say like, What do we want? And we're users. We know the market. How do we get there the fastest? And how do we have that impact quicker than just necessarily like, okay, well, in twenty five years, we'll have all those products that we want.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. How it's it went from, well, yeah, I would want this for every product, and then you're like, well, I can't build every product. (laughs) So I like that pivot in your strategy. And what challenges do you see in being able to make that impact as quickly as you want?
1: One of our biggest challenges right now, I think, is that this is a totally new idea in this space. Nobody's done this in this space. Like in suiting, custom suits have been a thing for a long time, right? And it used to just be for rich people. And now because of like modern technology and stuff, it's become more approachable. Awesome. That's great. And so like in that kind of category, people are more used to the idea of like, yeah, I place an order and it takes time and they make a thing and then it comes to me. Whereas with outdoor apparel and sports apparel and that sort of stuff, you go to your local shop, you try on six different things and you walk out with the one that meets your needs the best. That's what people are used to. So it's a little bit of a shift in the thought process. You know, we've had our early adopters and now we're kind of moving into more people who are like, okay, I get it now. And so we're seeing more of that where it's like, yes, if I give some time, then I really see the value of having something that fits me perfectly. And in the made outdoor brand, it's not an inexpensive product. We make a really premium hard shell product. Now it's comparable in price to the other brands that make comparably featured and whatever product, but it's still, you're spending money and you want something that's going to last for a while. And so to have that perfect fit, to have that perfect feature set, To know that when I ski, I totally need a left chest pocket and I don't need a right chest pocket, whatever it might be, like your details, that matters, right? So that's probably our biggest challenge right now. That's not an unsolvable problem. We can manage that. We can get the communication out. And especially as we're onboarding these existing brands, that gives us the opportunity to have a much larger mouthpiece and be able to kind of say like, hey, this exists, And you should care. Yes, it's going to be amazing for you individuals who have traditionally been off-size, but it's also amazing for you people who think you've always been just, yeah, I'm a medium and everything fits me just fine. You'd be surprised. Like having something that fits you perfectly is a different world and the ability to then move in that sport and like be able to do your thing. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that like extra fabric in my shoulders was kind of like limiting my movement while ice climbing. Or, you know, oh yeah, my sleeves were always coming up while I was climbing or whatever it might be, right? Like there's things that I think people will really kind of be psyched about when they start to experience that custom aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I can I can speak to some of that too as like a climber. And you mentioned it even when you talked earlier about, well, if you're bouldering at the gym, that's a totally different experience than if you're out all day on a multi-pitch And you're on the wall and you're, you know, you're vertical for like six hours of the day. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting to be able to provide that customization. And how are you defining success for the company? So you just made this pivot about six months ago. Did you immediately create some goals that you wanted to achieve in three months, six months or five years?
1: Yeah, I mean we have our like target our sales targets and stuff that we are looking at as far as we want this many brands on board this year and we want to bring on like, you know, as I step back a little bit as like the bigger thoughts behind the company, that's more of like where we're trying to target multiple different categories at the same time. So like if we can get one big outdoor brand, great. That's what we want to do. Now we want all the outdoor brands. We totally want them all. But if we can just get one, then we're going to have a a start of an impact in the outdoor sector. Then we want the motocross brand and we want to be able to make the impact in that sector. And we want the fly fishing brand and we want the yoga brand and we want the traditional like team sports brands and those types of things. Like we want to kind of like spread and have an impact across categories uh, as kind of a first attack. And then to really kind of go from there and say, like, okay, now let's build out like, oh, fly fishing really is connecting with this or the yoga community is loving the like idea of a really custom fit product. Right. So like those types of things are where we can kind of go from there. But as we begin, it's really like, can we make an impact across these different categories? And those are a lot of our goals as we start out as like, how can we connect with surf? How can we connect with hike? How can we, you know, like, and it's just looking at each of these little categories, because we know there's people being stuck that can't get out in each of those things. And we know we can help, but we're not going to design the product personally. So how how can we make that impact with the right partners?
0: Oh, that, that's great. And, and I'm even thinking about surfing and getting a wetsuit. And there's just so few women wetsuits, period, in the store. And it's very limited in range and can be really challenging. And I I took a friend surfing last year and did not enjoy that process. She did not like (laughs) it. (laughs) She liked the surfing part, but the getting the wetsuit on and trying them on was not great.
1: (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah. And there's some really cool, like in surf, there's some great small brands, like new brands that are doing custom fit. I don't know their systems. I don't know if it's an automated process or if it's a manual process. But the reality is it's not readily available enough to the general public. And that's where it's like, oh man, our system makes it readily available. And so then it's like a simple kind of like, okay, I go online. I make, I fill in this information. I decide, do I want a hood on my wetsuit? Do I not want a hood? Do I want this kind of entry? Do I want that? Like you decide the details that you want and then the product is made for you. That's the beauty of it, right?
0: Yeah. And I'm curious to kind of get back to, marketing to existing businesses, right? Because you not only have to sell them on, this is the art of the possible. Here's like what you could do to get the same performance with these custom measurements of your existing high performing apparel. But you also have to encounter this change management process, where they have a way of doing things, You're, you'd be a new product, they'd have to figure out how to change up all their operations. So I'm curious, what's your strategy for getting involved in that and, and working through it?
1: Oh, man. Some of these companies are giant ships with tiny rudders, right? So to get them to shift any direction or the other is tricky. A lot of our current sales pipeline is more medium-sized brands that have a little bit more of a nimble, yeah, we can we can jump on this. But one advantage we have is that some of these categories do have some custom programs. Like I mentioned, the, uh, the custom wetsuit stuff, like that is in market. So like wetsuit companies are aware that this needs to exist. Fly fishing waders. There are some custom fly fishing waders. Now, not necessarily made to measure but you don't make them in a 4XL or something, you could order a 4XL from a certain company, right? So like there are systems like that. So that they've actually already kind of figured out the manufacturing side, which is one of the challenges of it, that we can help the brands figure out those details because we've done it and we know how to like take advantage of the efficiencies that they have in place with their current supply chain or they can use our supply chain that we built out. So it depends. But that is one of the challenges is to get them to just kind of commit to say like, yes, this is worth putting in the time. So we do have actually the uh, the secondary market company I mentioned earlier. the way that they do it is it's like a separate site and so it's not run through their existing site. and so they get around some of the ways of not necessarily having to be tied directly into a lot of their internal systems and it's run as like a secondary system. Like there are guitar manufacturers that make custom that they don't even produce them. They basically license out their shapes and stuff to custom builders, right? So we're trying to take a lot of the learnings from these other categories that do something kind of similar to what we're doing and learn from them and say like, okay, that's one approach we could take, or that's an approach we could take. And then really we're going to the, the sales conversations with those brands and saying, what do you need? because we can be flexible. We're the opposite of the giant ship with the tiny rudder. We're that tiny little motorboat that can, you know, like spin circles and stuff, right? Like we we can do whatever is really needed at this point for these brands to be able to tie into them. So, we are flexible and we try to learn as much as from them as possible to be able to build the right solution.
0: Yeah, I I think that is the draw of you get to your foot in the door with the middle businesses and you can prove out that it works. And then maybe eventually the bigger brands start to take notice and pick it up as well. But it is going to take time. That's really cool. I think it it provides that, you know, for those mid-sized businesses, it gives them an advantage that a larger enterprise wouldn't be able to offer.
1: Yeah. No, I think at first, especially, right, like the idea to be kind of first to market-ish, Uh, with something totally new and and exciting and and to create that brand value with their customer in a way that they haven't been able to before.
0: Right. And you mentioned fly fishing a few times. And I feel like it's one of those sports that I've I've done it when I was like really small, like maybe with my my grandfather, like fishing in the river. And as I get older, I'm like, it does sound nice. Like sitting alone (laughs) in like a beautiful place. Like maybe you get a fish, maybe you don't. I think I like the idea of it more than the reality of it. But We'll try it out Some I have enough other sports. That
1: we- I think you'd be psyched if you gave it a shot. Like fly fishing is something that's that like, if you like being outside, it's something else. There's a beauty to it for sure. And and there's a beauty to all these sports. And honestly, if people are being active, whatever it is that you're doing, good for you, right? Like, and that's part of it is like, we are trying to be as uh, sport agnostic as we can in all of this. Because yeah, we don't care if you are a, diehard snowmobiler, right? Amazing. Great. Let's get you some product that fits so you can get out and do your diehard thing. Or, you know, maybe you're a mountain biker or a road cyclist or like, you know, there's so many things that we wear clothing that we hope allows us to perform in that sport. And yet so much of it is holding us back, even maybe to a degree that we don't even know professional athletes and stuff. Much of their product is made to measure. Olympic speed skaters, like it's not like they had to just choose a medium or a large type of product, right? Like it's made to fit their body so that they can perform at their pinnacle level. That's awesome. Where that stops is in the like general consumer. And like, I want to get out and do my sport. It's not about being the best at this thing. It's just about being my best at this thing and having the most fun that I want to have in it, the fit and the details of your product matter just as much as it does for the Olympian as far as I'm concerned.
0: Absolutely. And it reminds me of a story that happened to me. I was climbing in this very popular pant that is known as their climbing pant from this particular brand. And it was maybe the fifth time I'd worn these pants and just ripped the inseam <laughs> while climbing. You know, lucky it wasn't that cold that day or anything, but it's your are got a really kick like, out of
1: it, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I
0: thought that was a right? layer. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard that happens to lots of climbers who wear those same pants. Like they're known for that, because it's really hard to get that measurement, right? Especially with that kind of material, um, which was great. It's like this material that was supposed to not rip, right? And he's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what is this? Yeah, maybe I do want to go outside and I want to go fly fishing or I want to go skiing or snowboarding, but oh, they don't even have pants in my size. Like I'm not even going to try. Of That's really demoralizing. So I think it's great to be working on that problem. Well, wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Is there anything else that you would like to promote today?
1: No, I mean, I think this, I, I love having these conversations and chatting you as, with you has been so great. It's fun to talk about what we're working on and to you know get the word out a bit more. There's not really... Other things to promote, other than like, you know, if you're a smaller or medium-sized or a large apparel brand hearing this, like please reach out to me. I want to talk to you. We built a system that really can help both the brand and the customer. It helps the brand with revenue and with margins and reduced waste and all of these things, but it also just helps the customer have a better product and a better experience. And and ultimately that's in theory, what we are trying to do when we make product. So yeah, that's my focus. And that's what I want to talk to everybody I can about right now.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for coming on the show today. You can subscribe to the show and find notes along with a complete transcript for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. And you can find me on Twitter at VictoriousG. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Bandy Bourne. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Did you know ThoughtBot has a referral program? If you introduce us to someone looking for a design or development partner, we will compensate you if they decide to work with us. More info on our website at tbot.io slash referral, or you can email us at referrals at thoughtbot.com with any questions.